This is Views in Paradox. Classics. Welcome, any and all, to another episode of Views in Paradox. This is our spin-off VIP Classics. Uh, and today we will be talking The Great Dictator by the one and only uh charlie chaplin well charles what is i like my brain just went into a what's his first name charlie Uh, charlie chaplin charles but it is charles on the the billing yeah like 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 the head of the x-men the one and only charles chaplin made this film in 1940 it was his first all sound and talking film uh by which I think really that just means it's the first one where he finally decided to talk. Uh, I had, this is the only the second Charlie Chaplin film that I've actually seen. Uh, I saw modern times, which has uh, other people talking, but he says nothing. Uh, and speaking of saying nothing, welcome to my guests for this episode. <laughs> uh, Jose Venutola, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Daniel Gibson, welcome. Hey, what's up? Hello. That was a terrible introduction, and I apologize. Uh, I am your host, John Olson, and hopefully it goes a little smoother. <laughs> as yeah, a little smoother. Can iron it out. Uh, so this is an interesting episode in that uh, I, I want to just peek behind the curtain a little bit for the audience uh, to say that we are filming this in mid-October. Uh, and it will not air probably till December. After January. the election. After <laughs> the election. We we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how you guys feel. If, if there's a good vibe or a terrible vibe. It is still 2020. Um, and, uh, and the hits have been just nonstop. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to talk a movie that is very political uh, in its in its damning of dictators and Nazi propaganda Uh, I also think it's very good that you said that because especially with when this film came out as opposed to like when everything else was like unveiled about how bad World War II really was you know yeah so this came out before the start of the big of the big second war but clearly the movie like knows it's coming yeah uh, though would they've been invading in europe already jose you're probably the biggest world war ii buff here i'm started. gonna guess mm. when did they when did they invade poland do you know what year that was yeah that was september 1st 1939 so okay so the yeah. war world war ii like... in effect had begun uh, but yeah. it refers yeah. to them as like between the two great wars of, at the opening. Uh, it picks it before. It's it's narrating the events and before because it's the, it's it it concentrates on Hitler marching on Austria, which wasn't a, a military invasion, which is basically an annexation right. uh, without com- without like technically yeah, you know without conflict. Um, but you did mention something interesting. Oh well, but Danielle mentioned something interesting too. Well, both of you. It's the fact that there is so much. There's so much like. There's so much that seems that we shouldn't know, but yet we know that is happening or is implied mm-hmm. to be happening in a certain way. And that makes me very skeptic about a lot of stuff. 
in uh, what kind of stuff? Well, in the kind of stuff, in the kind of stuff that says like, like in um, the film, or no, it's just all the conspiracy theories about like that 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 a lot of things were exaggerated because I go like if if by 1940 when clearly you couldn't know what was happening behind the the enemy lines suddenly this artist knows all these intricate things about stuff but go this like, was this... nothing new when you think about it right like it took a long there was a long gestation period leading up to World War II you know I mean and... uh, like think about this because, <laughs> and I, because so it's like we had a very clear idea that it was being run by somebody who is spreading propaganda and like locking up Jewish people. Like that stuff yeah. would have been, but think know, about this, this age of, of telecommunications is, I mean, you know? pro- probably, probably this is something that a history book can, can solve like in a minute. And a lot of people that are watching, I'll be like, okay, this is not even a question at this point. But if this movie came out in 1940, if this movie came out in 1940 and the decision of the Holocaust wasn't taken until, until January 20th, 1941, then why are they calling the concentration camps already? Because they you know, still like had it's... the camps and the get, because the yeah, ghettos like, they were like a before, the, they were the ghettos were long camps. before things like Auschwitz happened, right? They, they were not mm-hmm. addressed as concentration camps. They were labor camps. And then they were not addressed as dead camps because we didn't know that they were killing yeah. people. So, you know. But people but saw I it I feel coming. like it's It'd also, like... yeah. yeah I feel like it's really easy for them to say like, oh yeah, like like if the Nazis use the term like, oh, we're sending them to the concentration camps. And then like they use that vernacular, like, oh, like I'm fearful of being like sent there, but we still don't know what specifically is happening there. You know what I mean? Because people didn't know how bad it was until after the war. Um, yeah, probably this could, movie. Because you could make a film today about the way the ICE treats uh, immigrants crossing the border in camps here right. in America, right? Right. And but then, if like, something worse were to happen, you know, say an election goes poorly and, you know, things escalate over the next few years, then like, and you made a movie like at these times, like before it got really bad, then somebody else could come along and be like, I don't know that it like, it'd be the same equivalent, I think. Yeah. I just find it interesting. Yeah. It's also just like easy to like label something and like, there's the fear of like going there and not knowing what it is. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's, you know, they could have easily known like where people were being sent that they just don't know how um, bad it is. But I think I read somewhere that Charlie Chaplin said, yeah, if I knew how bad it really was, I wouldn't have been able to make this film. Yeah. I did um, see that. It's like years after. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's like, say, yeah. He said later, he's like, I wouldn't have been able to make light of how, of how the Nazis treat people. If I'd known the extent of it. Right. What he, right. he said. I mean, it's, right. it was still very bad before, but, um, but yeah. 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 And, and this film is obviously a piece of propaganda and just from a historical context, this was Chaplin's way of trying to lean America against the Nazi regime. Right. Like mm-hmm. we were undecided. We were fence sitting, mm-hmm. you know, we were playing back room, backdoor politics while invasions were happening and you know charlie chaplin decided to be an advocate for you know anti-persecution of jewish people because in hollywood jews were while they were funding things they were also being demonized for funding things right uh as has been the case with the jews right yeah and so with the jewish people I should say. I feel like uh, sometimes you gotta say the it's whole so thing. It's so loaded. It's so um, loaded. Sometimes you gotta say the whole thing. 
Yeah. And I, so it's just like they were already under a lot of fire and he was under a lot of personal, like this is in the film Chaplin with Robert Downey, right? Where they, they kind of show him being put under pressure by studios who were friendly to Hitler, right? And were anti-Semitic in nature. And they right. thought that Charlie Chaplin's not Jewish. He's he's an ally of ours. And so films like The Great Dictator are his way of very adamantly defying those forces in Hollywood and trying to influence the way America would go into the war. So it's for sure a piece of propaganda. And I think mm -hmm. you have to take that into account. It's a piece of propaganda mm -hmm. that lives on the right side of history, I would say. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I certainly hope. <laughs> Um, it denounces uh, killing people. And, uh, yeah, it denounces evil and it denounces uh, dictatorship and the methods used to maintain dictatorship, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, Garbage, Lieutenant Garbage, who is our global stand-in, does a very, which I love that name. Garbage. Uh, garbage. <laughs> uh, that was like the first, yeah, I think that was the first joke that actually made me laugh. Um, yeah. What do you guys kind of general? I know we're like getting deep already, and this is great. Um, what were yeah. some like general impressions uh, as a comedy, as a piece of art, or just like overall kind of thoughts on the film in general to kind of kick us off? Danielle, uh, why don't you start us? I want to start by saying I love satire, um, I'm all for it. I had a lot of mixed feelings about this as we were watching it because I like knowing it was made in 1940. I was like, do they, I like, I don't know it, it it's my reaction was like too soon, too soon, too soon. But it wasn't until the end that I saw like that whole speech at the end where I was like, okay, I respect the hell out of him for doing this. But also it's, ah, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed the comedy. I enjoyed how like ballsy he was with it. Um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> that, that's how, where I'll end it. <laughs> All right. Jose, um, uh, you want to yeah, I, I had like, thoughts? I was conflicted, but yeah. Um, uh, this is not the first time that I watch this film, but this, but it's probably the, the, but this is probably the one time that I watched it and I did not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it previously. Um, I'm not completely sure why was that, but it just simply didn't impact me the same way that, I mean, maybe I was looking at it through with, with a more critical mind, like thinking ahead, like I'm going to be talking about this and trying to figure out, like, trying to figure out, like, not to be entertained by it, but to be, uh, in, like, to see the, the layers on it. And mm. um, and then I thought I was gonna find way more than what I found, um, which is not necessarily something that is not consistent with me watching Chaplin. And it feels like the more the more Chaplin films that I watch, the more that I understand that he was, he wanted, to, he understood and he wanted to be instrumental on changing people's minds. And then he brought the heavy philosophical questions in most of his films. Um, I enjoy that, but it's not spread throughout the film. It's just certain, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's an excuse for comedy right. that eventually gets to a point in which he goes, okay, now I'm going to take you, now I'm going to tell you something serious and then I'm going to make you laugh and then I'm going to take you something serious and then I'm going to make you laugh so it's not heavy it just has moments of heaviness yeah uh, i felt similar to you guys uh I, I the whole film is like one big sucker punch it's like yeah. look this way look this way look this, bam 
right? It's like, if because it feels like it's building up to a big punchline. And then instead of a joke, it, it ends on like this really heartfelt, serious speech about human rights and decency and democracy. Like it just goes full hardcore serious, like right at the end. It's such a hard left turn that yeah. I felt like my ruminating on it was to the effect of like, I didn't feel like it was set up at all. Like mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, my critical brain, I kind of doing what Jose was doing, right? Like thinking about it, structurally thinking about it, you know, both in and out of context of its time. And like, if you take it in a modern context, I was just like, if, if somebody handed me the script, I would be like, why is the barber such an idiot throughout this whole film just to have him take this like super like sincere intelligent eloquent turn right like he Mm. he's just the tramp for the rest of the film who says things Mm. occasionally but that Mm -hmm. would be like my big critique is that just like it really but also maybe that's the point is that it takes you out of the film entirely right yeah i felt like I felt like it needed that, honestly, because I feel like it makes light of all these different situations, but it doesn't, I think it needed to, I think it would have been irresponsible for him to not directly say, hey, this is fucked up. Like, we need to not do this because then it's like you risk people misinterpreting it and like taking it and running with it in whatever way they want. He just, does, uh, he just does it so out of character and yeah, out of tone that's true. with the rest of the film. Like, I loved the speech. It's a good speech. I've, you know, I've actually seen that speech on Facebook a number of times over the last few years. Um, yeah, I never saw it in this context. I was like, oh. Yeah, I'd never seen it in the context. As we got closer to the end of the movie, I, I like, got ahead of the film and went, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to take a hard left at the, like, you know, when they escape the concentration camp uh i was like okay i think i i finally get what you know what the context of that is because i thought it would be more of them switched places like i thought they were going to switch places like halfway through the film the way that the plot seemed to be going and then when they didn't i was just like what are these two separate films that i don't know they don't even have like especially contrasting styles like yeah Mm -hmm. the the dictators are all played like, you know, for like hardcore slapstick and like, you know, this like very tongue in cheek murder sociopath comedy. Uh, yeah. But the the laughs, like the comedy in in the other half in the ghetto, is also a lot of slapstick and like people being yeah. kind of ridiculous and you know, I I felt like I wanted more That's contrast why... for it to fit, you know. I felt like I felt like he was there were there was more slapstick and there was a lot more satire on, you know, they they made fun of Hitler like crazy. Oh, like time. it was great. But I felt like there was still a good amount on the other side and that's why I felt like it was important. I mean, maybe not as harsh of a turn as you said, but that that's why I feel like he did that at the end. Like, let me make this a really good ride, but at the end, you need to understand the seriousness of this. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't have been spread throughout, like you're saying. Yeah, just Not like planted with character. Um, 
Yeah, so that was just like maybe it's a modern context, but I don't necessarily feel like one way is better than the other. It's a bold choice, I feel like, by yeah. modern standards even, you know, like by any standard in any time. It's a very bold choice to say, I'm going to take the last scene and I'm just going to completely break the fourth wall. Just completely. And I'm just going to be Charlie Chaplin telling the people to reject fascism. <laughs> See, I, I, I have I have a completely different uh, perception. A different take on it? A completely different take of that. Because to me, it feels, to me it feels that the speech was the reasons for which the movie was made. So the rest of the mm-hmm. movie was the thing that he paid less attention. Say, I'm going to do whatever I can. That's real. To just get to this point and be able to do this. And then I'm going to try to tie it. And then he probably like investigated whatever whatever was relevant in history. Because the, the, the important thing is what we were talking about. This movie was done in 1940. It was probably shot in 1939, like edited and released in 1940, which means that this is just, he only had... Like the, the events that he's depicting are probably like 1936 to 1939. They're current events. Like yeah. they're current commentary events. commentary on the modern So movement, So yeah. he wants to get something, as you're saying, it's a propaganda anti, anti-fascism, anti-Nazi, anti-anti-anti-anti-semitism. Um, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's, it's a propaganda for semitism. It's not, really, it's not really pro-Semitism. <laughs> it is anti I know. I'm just talking about mathematics is negative and negative makes yeah. it positive. But anyway. But not in language necessarily. Point being, point being that I feel that I feel that the, the everything previous to that scene makes less sense because it was a a, a, a rushed idea to you know, to use in order for people to be able, and then the idea was basically, I'm going to make fun of this man. But apparently and then he wrote people... a very detailed script before they started any of this. And that like the only things that were improvised was the, the foreign dialogue. Um, <laughs> right. 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 Which was actually a popular thing throughout like the forties, fifties, oh. maybe not sixties of just like this. I think it's a vaudevillian thing of oh, okay. doing the gibberish accents um <laughs> i saw a thing recently like... about i forget the name of the actor who would do it in like all kinds of different languages and was like very famous for it but he would even do it with english see like i just he, thought it he was, was a native cringy. english speaker and would do a, a version of of that what we heard for english so um yeah i think part of that is a, a thing of the times but it's it's a it's... little hokey it's, it's a lot of it's kind of cringy yeah yeah because it's still uh it's still kind of using the same tactics right right it's not it doesn't yeah. feel like the high road when you've got right. the germans going schnitzel you know every two words and yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's borderline i mean by today's standard yeah. at least it needs to be mentioned that it it, it has an aspect of of you know um Object, objectifying and racism towards Germans and Italians. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, big time. It's like they were the enemy and therefore we painted the enemy. But that that is a thing I, that is only going away in very recent times, right? Yeah. Like it took yeah. like only in post-Cold War, right? Because like even in the, heart, the height of the Cold War with the States, you know, you could make your your evil Russian baddies any kind of cartoon you wanted right right uh mm-hmm. and it's like now we're getting to this 
this sort of, you know, to use a, a loaded word, a more woke society. Uh, it is, you know, a little less, it's a little bit more cringy to do these kinds of uh, blatant, broad, broad brushstroke kind of things. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I zoned out after. Yeah. But when, when, when they first started doing it after like 30 seconds, I zoned out. Cause I was like, this is, I, okay. I get it. But also really like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot, it's easy to, for me to say this in 2020, like having the education that I've had, knowing history. Um, but I feel like there's an, if you're going to go at someone, you can do it in a way it would be so much stronger if you there's yeah, stronger their ways character, to do it right yeah not at yeah yeah so yeah on the superficial things and they do like a number of different iterations with the with the foreign speaking joke right, right. there's like the one he does in the opening they do a couple of different bits you know one that's just sort of making fun of hitler's cadence and the way that he speaks one that mm -hmm. they're they're translating and every time they translate the same word differently uh yeah which actually that was the smartest of those jokes yeah just because it's yeah. like hitler's not that eloquent you yeah. know <laughs> but that's he's being passed off as though he is that's the thing like i liked them i didn't care that they were making fun of him like and how he specifically spoke it was just like the overall like how germans speak it was like there, there was yeah a yeah when it when it's like, every when every character kind of has that yeah. joke against them uh and a lot of heavy accents throughout the films uh yeah. even the jewish characters there's like you know i feel like there was more diversity than in a lot of older films in terms of the jewish stereotypes on display it was like oh lots of different jewish stereotypes but they were all stereotypes like throughout this film uh yeah. but i guess that's just the the brand of the satire of the time do we or do we write it off i don't know <laughs> uh how how hard we want to we want to judge because uh, it's been 80 years uh, yeah. and on some level that doesn't seem like a long time but I thought of I, one thing I was immediately struck by in the opening scenes was just this film came out in 1940 Metropolis came out in 27 like in 13 years film looks has improved like just to such a crazy degree yeah i felt like exponentially almost doesn't cover kind of what i felt <laughs> it was just like so it was like this movie was like multiple orders of magnitude better in just what they had available you know via the sound the look of the film the lenses the kinds of uh props that they have going you know whereas metropolis is a film that we watched that was at the top of its game and the most expensive thing of its day and it looks so hokey by comparison. Like, it's crazy what 13 years can do. So, you know, time flies when we're looking at recorded history. Uh, so when I think about that and, like, this was 80 years ago, it is kind of wild to be able to sort of look into that, <laughs> the art at that time. Yeah, just see firsthand how incredibly different it is. Um other I don't know, other impressions? I feel like I went on a bit of a tangent there. Not necessarily. Like I one of the things one of the first things that came to mind when I started watching it was um 
because it opens with this World War One setup, and then you see a little bit of a trench, and I go like, okay, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much that you can do there. And then the camera keeps moving, and you go like, no, this is a full digging. Set. Like this is there is much. There was much like the, the whole the whole huge battery like of artillery that they had yeah. that was completely movable completely movable and then when he goes into the into the anti-aircraft thing and then he starts moving and he starts going around and then he falls from it i go like this is this is some there is some work here that's that how the old expecting. camera dollies worked though yeah like, yeah correct you know, the same exact kind of wheels. it's probably the same mechanism and then and then he and then what called like, what called my attention is that that's him doing his own stunts and then getting upside down without a hardness, without anything, and then falling from the thing in a way like like it's it's things that will be extremely liable by today's standards. And then he's just like, I'm gonna just jump in here and operate this thing, and then do something funny and fall from it. Um, and that impressed me. That for some reason, I got got me. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely one to throw his body around. Yeah, down <laughs> the stairs. I'm just like every time you see a fall downstairs, I'm just like. And that kind of thing kills people. <laughs> yeah, stairs, <laughs> stairs are rough, and he's just like chucking himself down the stairs, like on the podium. Uh, <laughs> um, in terms of the humor, I wanted to highlight because did you guys think the movie was funny? Like, did you find there it were moments? Just kind of like looking at modern tastes, and you know, obviously comedy has evolved many times since then. But uh, were the things that you guys found funny, or did you find it? like not not great i mm. enjoyed points that they made like when they i mean i wasn't like laughing out loud like oh ha 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 that's so funny it's brilliant it's just i felt the satire of it if that makes sense it was satire funny it was like a oh they are digging at him kind of that kind of humor not like oh he 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 right does that make sense yeah no no yeah. it does yeah, to me it does and i also feel i also feel that this movie gets affected the comedy of this movie gets affected because you're making fun of real people you're not you're not creating characters and situations that are not real and then as as you know as daniel was saying well um, they all have different names you keep feeling you keep feeling <laughs> you keep feeling that it's there's a part of me that is feeling there's a part of me that plays the devil's advocate there and says okay you keep feeling that it's it's okay um it's like, yeah, make fun of these people. I don't care if you make fun of these people. I don't care if you if you cross the line with these people. But another part of me, this another part of me, was thinking person. like these people might have seen that film back in because you know you know that they got all these things from so, America. and they would be like, fun, what is Chaplin saying? Fun bit of trivia: the movie yeah. related to that. The movie mm -hmm. was banned, of course, in, in all Nazi countries. Of course, uh, yeah. but Hitler was known to have uh, secured a copy, a print of the film through uh portugal and uh it is on record that it was screened twice but nobody knows what what he thought of the film but hitler for sure watched this movie perhaps even more than once yeah i read somewhere i don't remember where so take it with a grain of salt that he condemned it like he was like nope it was banned even in post-war germany for a long time like because of the too know, soon thing. Too soon thing, right? 
Yeah. But you know, like like to finish to finish my idea, it felt like it felt like it felt like part of the comedy might have been affected because you you're trying to make fun of real people, and so so you you don't have that range of possibilities. You have to work with this person, and then the other part mm-hmm. is is makes me feel almost like this is a real these are real people that did real damage. So so it's like make as much fun as you want. But then they got the revenge on you, like they got it like seventeen billion times. Bigger when you than, say than you. when you say these people, you mean these specific figures that yeah like yeah like yeah Hitler like Hitler and, okay. this one. not yeah, like it's like it's, it's not like, like these make... the people of yeah okay just making no sure. no no like I'm 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 talking about like Hitler Mussolini Goebbels Goering like you know like uh has like all these all these this this specific um yeah uh, who have very one to one correct. Correct. It's like you can have Hitler being played in a very in 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 a in a mannerism that is that is less manly. You can be playing in a way that he's done, oh, yeah, yeah. and then he will just come the next day and fucking invade a country or send people to death camp and be like, "Fuck you! Yeah, this is yeah, what I'm doing." It's like, like it's kind of like you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like if 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 this hurts his feelings, do we care? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh I think, if anything, I hope it hurt his feelings. <laughs> I hope it hurt his feelings too. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I felt like a lot of the comedy didn't really like make me laugh that much. There's a lot of very vaudevillian slapstick and like him dancing around, like hit over the head, like these gags that go on. I, you know, I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. kind of. Uh, there were a couple of lines that got me. Um, the, the typewriter gag early on where he gives a long speech and then she types like one word and then he says one word and she types for a lot. Like it was so obvious. I didn't want to laugh on it, but the look on the typist's face during that gag was like so good that I actually like laughed out loud. I was like chuckling when that happened. Um, there was a couple of good line deliveries also, I feel like from, from Chaplin, like early on when they're in the upside down playing plane, mm-hmm. when he goes, when he's hanging and the guy's like, we're upside down. He just goes, I know it. Like <laughs> know something about his delivery at that point. His delivery, his delivery that was great. Yeah. That was a very yeah. funny moment. And he's like, I know it. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Like, it's just, like stating yeah. the obvious. I, 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 I love when like right before that scene, when he, when the guy's like, Hey, can you fly a plane? He's like, I can try like I very try. like softly. Like I can try like, Oh, okay. That that actually that made me laugh. But and you know you know there is there is one thing that happened when he said like any any similarities between the Jewish barber and the great dictator are like blah blah. blah. He says plenty. Yeah, it like, opens up purely coincidental. Like I do not know if there was if back then there was already the conspiracy theory that Hitler might have been Jewish. And I, I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't know if he did loud. it with that. I don't know if he did it with that on with that intent. Or it was just basically, you know, kind of like. I think it was with that intent, and I think that is further backed up by the the like Aryan conversation that he has with Garbage, where there's he's like, all of them will be blonde, and no brunettes, you know, and yeah. <laughs> it's like just just you. <laughs> uh, so I feel like they were definitely like that line right at the opening of the film is like to Hitler, you know, we know, you know, I, to me, that's kind of what it, what it seemed to say to me. So I would say that, yes, see that, 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 always... that, that, that the, the theory, be it 
urban legend or verifiable fact was very much in the ether when this came out. And I think it's like any any jab that that opens his hypocrisy is fair game in this movie. You know? I've always I've always felt a little borderline about like that thing because he's always felt ever since I was a Well everybody hates a hypocrite. And so if you can paint him as a hypocrite, you know, that's like legit bad. It's, it's I know, I know, but it's like it's. But in this case, it has always. It, it, I've always found it interesting that people people almost want that to be true, because they want to throw the hypocritical part of his face. Sure. But but from the I'm not being a Jewish person, right? From the standpoint of a Jew, is that do you really want? Do you really want the the greatest mass murderer in history to be tied to? Yeah. To, do you, you know, want? Do you want that? Do you really want that? You do you want to keep digging until you figure out like he was one of you? Like it's. Just... I, I don't think the Jewish people are the ones uh, pushing. I know. Or... No, no, I know, but they no complain about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go like, "Don't say that he's Jewish." Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know I mean, what I mean? He wasn't. He wasn't brought up Jewish that much. Is certain. Well, well, that's yeah. true, but but that didn't that didn't matter to him and didn't matter for for the other people either. It yeah. was very specific aspects that make a person. But anyway, um, I have a couple of notes here that I wanted. Oh, the the whole barber thing. Like, did Box Bunny did it first, or did he did it? Who stole it from whom? Um, uh, why are there so many barber jokes? Is what I wanted to know. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, you he see? shaves him to the music. He sh- yeah, he does the thing to the music, and the only other place that I've seen that is Box Bunny with the, the Barber of Seville. Now, it's not the same song, but it's a very similar sequence. So I'm thinking, like, did... No, did... that's Bugs Bunny from the late 50s or 60s, not Bugs Bunny from the 40s. Because Bugs Bunny from the 40s doesn't look like what we think of Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. That's an earlier version. So the, the Chaplin... Then, yeah, the bit you're thinking of has got to be a direct homage to Chaplin. So then, yeah, Chaplin did it first, then. That was great. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Like the synchronicity with the music and he doing the thing that was like a top of like physical comedy that I enjoyed. Um, it did, as Daniel said, it didn't make me like laugh aloud, um, but I was entertained by it. It's something you can respect it. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Being being so well timed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is something that you don't you don't get a lot of of that nowadays in film. No, and that's. That's mostly why I get a little disappointed with modern day comedies, but they're coming back. Um, but I'm not going to go into that opinion. Complaining. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> if you want to take it to, to like versus modern, I, that's fine with me. You know what I think is interesting though? It's hard to compare the two movies, but like a satire film about with Hitler in it, Jojo Rabbit. Um I thought it was really interesting. Um, Which we've done, uh, we've done an episode for. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. I wish I saw it. Um, Watch that episode. Yeah. Viewers. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. It is. I think Sorry, part, part of me was wondering like why I was more okay or like at ease while watching Jojo Rabbit. At ease is like kind of a bad way to say it because I was also like, oh, this is Hitler. He is a character in this and he's supposed to be funny, but also like I was okay with it versus like, I think it's because it's been so long and everyone, there's more of a consensus that 
of condemning Hitler. When I was watching this, I was like, hold the phone. Which side is he going to choose? Like, I wasn't sure at first because I'm not I'm not super familiar with Chapman other than the one other movie I've seen from him. So I w- I did have that fear going into this movie. Um, Interesting. Uh, and it's a very different kind of circumstance. Like the one in Jojo Rabbit's so unique. Yeah. In that, like yes. he's, he is, you know, an imaginary version of, of Hitler right. to just like a kid, a kid a of time. I, I love that that perspective that the film has its take on yeah. that. But that is different from like this, which is an adult satire of, you know, it's not done through the lens of uh, someone more genuine. It's just done through, it's just on the surface, right? It's just, yeah. this is, this is our, this is adults making fun of adults. Right. right. <laughs> you think there's no there's no meta level to it the way that Jojo Rabbit has. Well, I mean, on, right. on top of the on top of the fact that that chap again going back to the fact that they did not know what happened. I mean, right. it, ha- it right. actually hadn't happened yet. Yeah, a lot of extent. stuff. Uh, yeah, a lot of yeah. the worst of like, it had yet to happen. Like even when you saw the the prison camps that you saw him go into, I was like, they have no idea like just it was it almost mm-hmm. was like heartbreaking because it just it's like they knew what was happening and you still couldn't yeah. imagine well they knew people were going to inhumane. prisons but they didn't imagine Not the extent the ones that... to which yeah. it was gonna happen you know they yeah they didn't know yeah. how yeah. those prisons looked they just imagined them like you know prisons where we feed the prisoners right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, and somebody yeah. can go to sleep at night, you know, on their own bunk. <laughs> like, right. uh, yeah. So you're right. Uh, seeing that stuff, it is, but it's not cringy in a way that we often have, which is where we have to go, like, oh, but you know, at the time, we'll justify the bigotry. This was just like ignorance. Like they just didn't. Yeah. They just, just didn't, didn't know. Right. <laughs> right. They didn't know. Right. But it's crazy how on point they are on a lot of, of things, though. And I did yeah. just kind of... Part of me wonders how much they were trying to hyperbolize it, though. But, like, how much... If, if they tried to hyperbolize it, but it was, like, actually at that level. You know what I mean? Because there's so mm-hmm. much... Does that make sense? Um... It does make sense. But I feel, but I feel that to answer, to answer what, you, what you're questioning in your mind to this film, I feel that by that point, they would already have refugees that flee to right. Europe and they were telling stories about the things that were happening. Okay. Because, so they you know, were like, knowing that they were being accurate. I, I feel, I feel okay. that they, I feel that there is a, an aspect of it that was accurate out of the, re, the, the, the tales of the people that fled already. Because a lot of people fled, like especially when you and um when this guy when when they when the stormtroopers try to get uh try to try to catch uh, like, like harm the the barber and then mm-hmm. this guy comes in and he goes like no he's my friend he saved my life and then he said nobody touches him um mm-hmm. that that actually did happen over there like people mm-hmm. like it it's it's ludicrous to think that an entire nation nobody in power had ties with somebody who was jewish and eventually at some point used their own tie to say hey i'll keep you safe i'll help i'll help you leave like not everybody was adamant about the hatred of it and then some of them were just like okay these are the times i have to play the part and then but that that specific protection including including hitler itself um did happen 
Mm-hmm. Like Hitler, Hitler had Hitler had one Jew that he was protecting and eventually helped or allowed to leave Germany under his own signature, mm-hmm. um, and then a lot of a lot of his people underneath him probably had a lot of people that were protecting or helped escape in anticipation. So that was a, a, an actual reality. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I think that there's a moment in the film that is like so prescient and like also very telling of why things kind of got the way they did. And it's like, there's the the guy who, the like elder Jewish man who's like kind of the in charge of the neighborhood, it seems like. He's like the, you know, he owns the places and kind of calls the shots. He's having mm-hmm. uh, a discussion. He's playing chess with, with the other guy. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, uh, he's like, oh, it's not so bad right now, right? And why can't you just enjoy it while it's gone? He's like, it'll get worse. It'll get bad again. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like sure of it, right? And it'll mm-hmm. get worse. It always does. And he's like, ah, oh, you can't even be happy while things are good. And I mm-hmm. think that like one, like that, like they had no idea how right they were when writing mm-hmm. this line. Like Charlie Chaplin, I don't think could have even, like wouldn't have wanted to entertain the idea of how bad it truly would get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, it's just that like, you know, they were told, that now you live in this section of the city, Hmm. but otherwise you can go on living. Right. And it's like, there is this sort of weighing of, do we move? Well, it could get better. Look, it's gotten a little bit better. Like we'll hang, well, we can wait it out. And I think there was so much waiting it out that like, by the time, you know, we get the, you know, the Schindler's list style raids on the ghettos, it was just too late. You know, it's like they, the walls had just closed in so slowly and you use these very human justifications of why to stay. It's your home. You know, what's moving to another country, a pain in the ass, right? Potentially expensive. I have to leave all my crap behind. Like I have to start, right. start completely over. It's a very extreme maneuver. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's, and you see, you kind of see that logic. I felt like in that scene come across very well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Jose, the, the the film has like these moments where it gets kind of deep and serious, but they're like small ones throughout the film in between these like really long winded sort of slapstick sequences and like, you know, very over the top satire of, you know, the way Hitler operates, you know, and just like how much impunity he has. <laughs> right. And it, it's, and it's, it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of thing that, um, People cannot predict these things, you know, like I remember when like four years ago, when we did not know <laughs> that Trump was going to win. Um, I mean, like mm-hmm. everybody, everybody is talking about like, like if he wins, I'm going to move to Canada. And I challenged and I challenged the idea of finding a single American who had actually, you know, moved to Canada under the threat of this guy who was supposed to end the world. Uh, in four years, and then if we give it another four, it's gonna just even end it even more. It's like nobody's moving to Canada. Well, like, we also we have this idea in America, modern now, that like, well, we have to stay and fight for a better right. country, right? right? Mm. And that idea wouldn't have been kind of the same in in Jewish ghettos in Germany, right? Like they yeah. were already kind of on the fringe of that. Government I think it's a hopeful. I think I think it's a wishful thinking. I think it's it's just like, do I really want to do this and then find out that nothing happened, or you know, like, or I'll push comes to show. It's just that you never expected to get that bad. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no one. Yeah, we. You don't expect the genocide until the genocide happens. Mm. That's yeah. repeated throughout history, right? Like, 
they wouldn't ever be even remotely affected if people saw them coming from the right. distance they should. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danielle, you looked like you had something. No? Um, I have some. Yeah. I had a thought on um, basically like after the speech. I think is really interesting um, because the the whole time we see actual Hinkle. Uh, talking and everyone's cheering him on, everyone's cheering him on. And then you see this like complete change in character uh, who's the act actually the barber. And then everyone's just like, yes, like, yes. Part I, I had so many mixed feelings about that because part of me felt like one, it either shows how like neutral a lot of people are and like how easy they are to be swayed each way or it shows how fearful everyone was hopefully of Hinkle and they just followed him because they didn't want to be killed and they were like actually relieved that he had this change i just i it made me think so many things when i saw that and i don't know if that was purposeful i don't know if that's uh, like me just being glum about the world and how like I saw it as a, in a much Trump. more cynical light, I think, because I, to me, I looked at it as a very cookie cutter way to get the audience on board, right? Because right. like right. once we go to the speech, we never cut to garbage or the other generals right. or Schultz. We never right. cut to them again, right. so we don't get to see like their final reaction to things. It like, right. yeah, to me, it was like as soon as he starts to make the speech at the end like we kind of cut away from the film right I, and right, to me right. like it is it is a fourth wall break and so to me the mm -hmm. cheers aren't necessarily the germans he's talking to it's mm -hmm. you it's the us. audience that's you right know, cheering that. for democracy so and maybe that's a more yeah. cynical approach no like yeah a less I, artistic one that you're uh, i feel like you're I, theorizing a very artistic and cerebral approach and i'm looking at it more of like a like a cynical audience manipulation technique yeah. but it's hard so it I mean, you could be is. right though. no i but the thing is i see i see both sides of it i don't it, it just made me think that and it made me think i i don't know it it made me feel really ugh, ugh. It, it it highlighted a lot of like how easily people are manipulated in general like whether or not it was us or if it was the uh, the the crowd within the world of the story. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because so I even like... feel like his speech to, what's the what's the woman's name? Um, Heather? Heather? Yeah. Oh, I might be wrong. I'm, look I'm it up super right now. wrong. It is, uh, where is she? I'm probably. I think it is Hannah. 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 My best friend so is his Helen, speech that's why. To, his speech to <laughs> Hannah at the end to me isn't the barber talking to her either right mm. it is still like charlie chap uh chaplin he wanted to say chapman for some reason maybe it's because we were talking about <laughs> chapman university earlier <laughs> um, I, I go i go to chapman <laughs> so uh yeah i think it's charlie chaplin kind of speaking to the downtrodden right on yeah. behalf of democracy and righteousness that like you know trying to say we'll do the right thing because this was his way of wanting this is this is what he wanted america to respond with right mm. like that we will fight for the values that we claim to hold dear you know right. that like the sun will shine again it will get better even though like that scene is really rough to watch knowing it's 1940 
you right. know right and that like the end is nowhere close by like no. you've got years of horrific turmoil ahead of of the worst hadn't the world. happened yet yeah it had yeah not yet begun um even though like already clearly bad things were happening it and that just gives me so much fear with our like when is this episode going to be what is what is the result what's gonna what's gonna happen like are we, we gonna have to record and... an addendum like a, a coda post election to this episode I maybe don't know. i feel but like yeah, a lot of these it, movies like it, it's a very anxiety inducing film to watch given our current uh, if we climate. watched this an like an hour if we watched this a year ago if we watched any of these movies a year ago i feel like we would have had a different take it wouldn't have hit as hard a similar um, take but now we're we're watching all of this stuff about political turmoil and we're right up against and playing threshold <laughs> right yeah we're on a threshold of some kind and we don't know the boat is is, is teetering on the sea and we're going is it going to capsize or is it going to is it gonna write? <laughs> Look, I, I feel I feel that I feel that there there are. I mean, I'm, I don't know how you're gonna how you both are gonna take these, but <laughs> like, Throw it at I, us. like if I cry wolf every day, one day I'm gonna be right, and then that day I'm gonna be like, "Be see, I've been crying wolf for ten years," and then somebody's gonna be like, "Yeah, you've been crying wolf for fucking ten years." Like one of them is gonna stick. It's like it seems it seems that what we're facing right now, what this movie is saying at the beginning, since insanity cut loose, liberty took a nosedive, and humanity was kicked around somewhat. I mean, this was nineteen forty when he wrote this. It feels that if you fast forward to nineteen sixty and you have and you have the Soviet Union and the and the Iron Cording, then you could take the statement and then cry wolf. If you go to the nineteen seventies and then you get That's Vietnam. Not crying wolf though. That's just looking then, out the window and saying it's raining. Oh, but, but what I mean, like, what I mean, what I mean is. is that. What it means Crying is that, Wolf is saying that there's a right is a mislead. It's a misdirect, right? Yeah. It's saying oh, there's danger no. when me, when there isn't, so that when I say there's danger and there is, you no longer believe me, right? It's mistrust. But this is like accurate every time. No, but it's, it's all, like it, it's, this is something that's like, you know, there's air outside. It's like give me, give me, give me a moment. Like you know, like it's it's like when Bush was president, and then we thought that it was the end of the world, and then then Bush was Trump, terrible. For Trump, the record. Trump becomes I, I president. Will gladly make a political statement and say mm-hmm. that until very, very, very recently, I was adamant that Bush was the worst president in our history and that he did mm-hmm. terrible, horrible, unforgivable atrocities. Uh, Trump is really trying very hard to convince me that he's worse uh, with his just constant shenanigans. But like, I blame our continued wars that still go on today on Bush. So. If somebody cried wolf on Bush, they were right. There was a wolf. I, just, I know. That is I know. For the but record. It's, but it's, give me, oh, but it's, 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 I seem biased. Vice so I have, okay, I have to make a quick aside and tell you guys something and, to, and the audience, because I have in my possession a, a supercut, if you will, where I combined Vice and the movie W. So I, I watched the, I watched Vice. Uh, I'd watched it a couple of times. I edited them together. It's a four-hour movie. It's like four hours and two minutes. Um, I'm trying to get the file size small enough to... I'm trying to get it to under 500 gigs so that I can put it on Vimeo uh, because there's, it will get taken off of YouTube immediately. But uh, 
they cut together really well actually they, they're very different films but also the facts line up in shockingly important ways um wow yeah. so yeah i'm not a fan yeah. uh you know to all, any conservative listeners oh my still god i need to see it okay i'm sorry um you know Whew, that I, I know you got jose trying to sort of play always the even field uh in these situations but like you know cheney was evil he was a bond villain in the white house and he opened a lot of the doors that Trump stepped through you know so i i feel like we we are watching history repeat over and over and over and you get people every generation going hey look out stop it and you get the masses just not giving a shit and like not listening and not hearing it and going like oh no Trump's not locking people up in cages and taking them away from their families and aborting their yeah. their fetuses, even though that's like entirely but against if, what they supposedly stand for. You know, we get these sort of blatant denials and it's very frustrating to watch. And I feel like watching these older films, I don't see Wolf being cried. Like I see eyes open. Like this shit is real. It's in front of their faces. I don't want it to be true either, yeah. though. It's it's the thing is like when people are saying it, other people who are denying it don't want it to be true, or they just actively want to silence. I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't want it to be true, but you. Yeah, it's it's. I think yeah. So I it's sad. It I definitely agree. I definitely think that it's easier. It, it's sad because you can't really tell sometimes if it's like people who just don't know how to handle it. And so it's easier for them to just like deny it. Or if it's like people who are just like sheep and they're like, no, yeah, no, nothing's wrong. What? Stop, stop making something out of nothing when it's like, no, we should totally call this out. If this all blows over, you could, you could then accuse us of crying wolf, but we would have, it would have been for a good purpose. Right. So, I think I think that this film I think that this movie uh and, and I'm saying this very aware that we are at fifty four minutes and ten seconds and then that's sure. uh, but I feel that I feel that the the real meat and bone of this movie it's it's to watch it and then to talk about this human thing that keeps repeating around every ages, every and again I'm gonna repeat it, Chaplin. Every single film that I've seen with Chaplin, Chaplin is very critical of what is happening right now. Modern times. It's like what machines are doing to us. The Great Dictator. What is what is this loose? You don't make films for the future audience. You make he films make, for a modern audience. But right? but the yeah. interesting thing is that his audience, like his messages, are are as relevant today as they were back then. And then he has he has a couple of like great like I I wrote a couple here. All of and the I movies we've leave. watched are as relevant today as they were when they came. Yeah out yeah. So far. There is there is this part where um, at the end of the movie where um, I don't remember the name of the guy the guy who who the, the German who 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 is his friend that eventually gets him out of the concentration camp and all the stuff and then he says like he goes like what is happening it's like you're invading Austria or something like that whatever and then he gets the speech and the guys and then he says I, do I need to talk and then the response of the guy is that you must speak it's an only hope. And then think that it's not to him, it's mm -hmm. to everybody. Mm, you know, yeah. like it's like you yeah. must. That's true. That's the actual transition, right? You must to the speak. It's exactly. It's the only hope. It's Why like do we end must. on the chairs joke? I gotta wonder. On the whom? <laughs> the chairs. Like the last joke in the film 
It's a chair. Like, oh, he breaks right. a chair, and then we're just gonna shuffle them around needlessly. He really liked that. Let's shuffle things gag. Yeah, a strange joke to. to they kind of did that with the co- coins too. Yeah, uh-huh. big time with the coins and the cakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. first like... with the handing out the cakes. I love how he takes like... the coins at the end. He just keeps the coins. Yeah, he pockets them. It's <laughs> such a little these. motion, but I also caught. I was like, yeah. I enjoy. I particularly, I, like I, I particularly enjoy every time that he will just do the Nazi salute, and then the other person does the same thing, and then they don't know if shake hands or oh, or like joke. Yeah, like they, yes, do, do, like do, do, do. constantly. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that joke. Um, <laughs> let me see. Let me see. I have I have a couple of other comments here. Um, yeah. This got this got kind of heavy. I feel like that's yeah. been a theme with discussing these classic films. Yeah. I think that's important, though. I yeah. think it's good we talk about it. We bring it, not bringing attention to it is a disservice. I think. So. Yeah, and yeah, it's like the film is asking you to talk about this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um. You know, yeah, but at the same time, it's like there I are. You know some mildly condemnable things about it, which we kind of mentioned earlier. It just in terms of yeah. like not taking the high ground, despite wanting to be on the high ground. Right. Uh, yeah. What were you gonna? Mention um, I have, I have, like, I feel, I like that last speech. It has a couple of things that I feel like that I didn't like as much as others, but I feel that it was um, somehow poetic um, when he says, "Don't give yourself." to these unnatural men, machine men with machine hearts and machine minds. And like that, that resonated with me because, because it's, it's like when you look, when you look at what habilitated Germany to did what it did was, was, was technology. Like they this is still in, very in line with Metropolis, right? Yes. It's like what mm. is, it's like, you get this ability to do you you get this ability to build things that can do a lot of harm and then there is no scenario in which somebody in the world is not going to build it you know like it's like it's that jurassic park line that said um if we can if you can if you can think how to make it happen somebody will make it happen. like there is no stopping science there is no borderline. Somebody's gonna get cloned. Somebody's like all these things that we that we portray in movies. They are gonna happen if they're not happening right now. There is no certainty like that. The technology, if the technology sees somebody's not gonna do it. So at this point, and I like I like how put these machine men with unnatural these unnatural men with machine hearts, machine minds, and machine uh, and uh, and machine men. Like I don't know. It just it's you it's still the same. Uh, just to kind of go back to Metropolis, is that like this feels like the future that metropolis was predicting yeah you know with all of the like steam pump engines ah! and like right it's like they weren't looking 100 years into the future they were looking like 15 years into the future mm-hmm. you know like yeah. that's how present it was because we are still in this film before the computer right we are pre the electronic age and so it is it's the height of that machine that gear future that Metropolis is predicting. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a shot here only because right. because you know I want to open that discussion. Maybe we can take it in, in other times. Um, he's talking. He's in the speech, right? And he's talking to the people, right? He's talking to the people. And then the, ever since ever since I was a kid and I've been interested in these things, and then it's like John knows me a little more than you, Danielle. And then you know he knows where my mind goes with these things and where my heart is on these things but it's always there's always this idea of these words and concepts that 
are used by everybody with the assumption that everybody means the same thing with them. You know, like you love, money, religion, faith, like all these things. But the people, the fucking people, like it's it's Hitler said the people, like Trump mm. says the people, Obama says the people, like like Lincoln said the people, Chavez says the people. Who the fuck is the people? Like and then yeah. and then on top of that, on top of that, you're talking to the they people. Are fiction. Like if like the the other thing is that it, we talk about the people, we we talk to the people as if they were a complete separate entity from ourselves. Like like Trump, he comes from the people. Fucking Hitler comes from the people. There is no exception to the people. The people is just all of us. So then, if there is evil in the world, and then you're talking to the people, which is where these men and women come from, like the, the discourse to the people doesn't need to be, you're great, you're awesome, you're infallible. It's only because I need your vote. But the clear statement is that if you consider the people to be everybody, the people is the Trump supporter, the people is the Nazi, the people is, is I don't know, like the, 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 the religious fanatic, the people is you and me. So the evilness of the world. Thanks for calling us all the bad things. The evilness yeah. of the world. Thought maybe not, list a couple good ones in there too. It's not. It's, it's, it's the people not, is also the doctors, right? Yeah, the people is also the good people and the bad people. Like when we talk about yeah, the people, it's 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 hypocritical. It's yeah. it's alluring. Well, I, you know, I, I've this is something I've said to you many times today is that you can't make blanket statements. That's where you get into trouble. The people is a blanket right? statement. The people and the people is the largest blanket statement you can make. Yeah, it's a fantastic. It's the largest. It's putting us all in. We are all human, right? And thus we like to think there is something intrinsic that we all share in terms of we all view the universe and think independent thoughts and are influenced by other humans. So there are some few commonalities, but I, I get what you're saying. I think that it's true. It's a little silly to, to think that you can can speak uh, for the people right. at any point, right? Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's that, it's that even I, the founding fathers wrote "We the people." We the people. That's pretty vague. Who the hell were they talking about? Right? I feel. Look, I feel. I've like, all I'm saying. All I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is that the only constant. Look, the only constant that every single government system has. Is that is that the only name that keeps being thrown around exactly the same in all of them is the people. And if you if you are a scientist and then you are you're 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 analyzing a problem and then you and me and, and most of the people that are probably heroes and and I'm assuming Daniel um, are people that put a lot of weight on what science says and then. The scientific method said, if you try this problem and this problem always, this thing always causes you problem, the first thing that you're going to look at, it's the constant. What is repeating between all these problems? And the only thing that keeps repeating between a government system is the fucking concept of the people. So then, like, the, nobody's going to come save us. There is no government that's going to yeah. come save us. There's no king, yeah, there's no dictator, the there's no democracy. Of... It's us. Is the, we have, the, the problem is on, the people. On. Can I rebut a little? Because the concept of like the will of the people is just the majority. You're always trying to win the majority. I don't care if you're a dictator, if you are a monarch, if you're an emperor, or if you're a president. We are all democratic societies, right? Because it is only through enough people's support that you can become right. the head. Of, right. And it's just, it's just 
an argument of organization. It is very difficult mm. to organize millions of people. Right. And we need complicated systems to handle that. And we haven't figured it out yet. Like to me, the constant isn't people. That's like, of course, that's the constant, but that's going to be for every good thing as well. Yeah. Right? Like you can use that argument. I feel like it's just a, it's a, it's a wishy-washy kind of sentiment because if you want to talk about problems in worldwide governments and what's the constant, it's that we don't know how to properly organize and distribute ourselves. Right. And then we get emotional. Right. And when you mix and then we get those, emotional. And then we get emotional. And <laughs> yeah, when you true. mix those two things together, uh, it's complicated and we haven't figured it out. And people, you know, their emotions lead them to seize power because they're afraid of going back to being to life being shitty or to live somebody else's life who's shitty. You know, mm. so you get people who want, you know, they get that desire that's like you know, emotions make us wonderful, but they also make us flawed and super flawed. Sorry, right? me. <laughs> All of us. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, but the, the will of the people is a real thing. And it's just saying the majority. Right. Mm. And so anytime someone calls on the people, they're calling on what they claim to be the majority. And I think that's where I agree with you that it's bullshit. Right. But it's because, also like, yeah. there's also like the whole idea and this kind of opens it up to be a can of worms um where there's a lot of yeah <laughs> where there's like you know there's so many good people and there's so many bad people and then there's all the people in between who are just swayed by however or whatever so it's like i don't know i think that it, uh, i don't know i feel like a lot of people um are very easily influenced sometimes um with like mm, pro propaganda misinformation uh, etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's like you have to also think about that when it comes to who the majority is is like is it really do those even like these people who are easily misled are probably well intent i hope it's easy for me to hope that um, so it's like, I don't know, I question if the majority even really wants that, or if they just believe that they want that, if that makes sense. Uh, history would suggest that the majority of people are, uh, apathetic about right. larger events on the whole, right. mm -hmm. right. and that we are far more concerned with our day-to-day -day lives right. and our social standings within immediate circles. And like this idea of everybody being involved in government is something extremely new mm. extreme you know it's <laughs> it's 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 a new thing that we're still learning how to cope with is that it's mm. like ah crap we're we're trying to impress upon each other we've got major forces trying to impress upon the people that mm -hmm. you need to be involved right that mm -hmm. you need to be politically right. active that you need to have your eyes open and that's quite frankly a very new concept yeah. uh you know, it's like for millennia, you just had like these really strict social classes. You're a serf, a farmer, you know, you're a hunter now, a warrior class, you know, and maybe if you're lucky enough to be in the warrior class, you get to bully some people around. But like, <laughs> you know, if you're the farmer, you just like hope that the tax, you can kind of get away with paying a little less to the tax collector or that you can make a little bit more at the market. And like the war doesn't matter until it's burning your fields down and you've 
physically right. have to run from your yeah. home. Right. Yeah. You know, so there's, there is a can of worms. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to. For sure. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is, this is for like a, a bar, a beer. Yeah. And then just. Like, yeah, we'll have to have a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of comments appear, uh, what the world looks like when this comes out. Right. Uh, yeah. We picked an interesting time to do all these in October. Through of 2020 uh, <laughs> a crazy month to be alive i think it's important for all of us to say that we wish the best for the world we want everyone to make the right decision we want everyone to vote hopefully everybody voted yeah um yeah i want uh universal health care i want me universal basic income and i want yep. prison reform uh, yep. among uh, those are those are some of my personal top ones uh to throw out there <laughs> that i hope we can get. I get behind those. Yeah, and less war would be nice, also. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> less war would be great. I, uh, I work with veterans often, and that work would be a lot easier uh, and more pleasant if there was less war. Yeah, and there would probably be less of them that we need to help. Uh, so, you know, hopefully you've gone out there and done the right thing. Stay politically involved. If we lost stay if yeah. you won stay you know right uh don't get complacent stay strong stay, stay strong vigilant. uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining me for getting for, for going deep on some heavy political conversation this time uh, yeah. we've talked about death we've talked about society we've talked about uh politics we've you know we're covering it all uh, we've even talked a little bit of religion. Uh, so, you know, no topic is too taboo here. <laughs> as long as long as the film uh, dictates that the conversation go there. Uh, yeah. Jose, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for, for doing this. And then, let me just mention this thing, because I think I think it's just like it's interesting that it, like this is a, what, our fourth, fifth film? Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. So it's it's Nosferatu, um, Metropolis, Metropolis, Seven Seals, Seven, seven Seals, Samurai. Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai. Like, okay, so then this is probably like it's it's like for some reason up to this point, it's either German or it's talking about the Germans. <laughs> like we need we need to start going somewhere else, man. Oh, yeah, we, we, got, start, we like... are we are gonna get somewhere else here. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm pulling next up the, one the is. Order. Up. On the waterfront. On the waterfront, I think we're going to a very different, uh, a very different vibe from this one. I think uh, I'll be glad for the change. The class struggle. Um, We'll see. It might still be heavy. We're going back to classes. Oh yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of. It's it's a little heavy. Maybe not as. I've only seen. I've only seen the ending, and I've used that film. That I use the ending of that film. Don't spoil it for me. To teach filmmaking, but I haven't seen the full film. Um, Yeah, I've only seen. Yeah, I, I think I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. we'll mention it. We'll mention it cool. like, probably on Tuesday. Sounds um, good. Uh, I'll, I'll probably be in the Dominican Republic. I'll probably be like talking to you through from the Dominican there? Republic, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, my. We'll see. Uh, be safe about that. I will try. Uh, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me talk to you guys about such heavy topics. I enjoy it. I hope that 
our viewers get something from it. If you want to find me on social media, I'm at Danielle Stories, spelled exactly how you think it is, on Instagram. I love that plug. So it's smooth as ice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been your host, John Olson. You can find me at John and Paradox. Follow the show at Views and Paradox uh, on Instagram is what I would recommend. Join our Facebook group. It is the Views and Paradox Film Club group on Facebook. Uh, this has been VIP Classics. Until next time, uh, watch more movies. <laughs>